Hey, all Double G here from Fight Game Media. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to our good friend and 100th Patreon subscriber, Lee Shalom. He is at Supa Saya Jin Lee on Twitter. Who's going to be 101? Who's going to be 125? Who's going to be number 500? Hopefully, it is one of you listening today. You can always subscribe. Just go to patreon.com front slash fight game media. Now onto the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch, the MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Uh, February 1st. 2022 the year of our lord one day before my 51st birthday um ryan frederick is here alongside me paul fontaine how you doing ryan oh i'm doing good just you know just you know relaxing you know after yeah a really a really trying weekend for you know for me personally i don't really want to get into yeah yeah get into it just just uh just you know if you know you know if you know you know if you follow me on social media you know so just just yeah yeah trying to trying to just get through all this over the next few days so yeah that's that's all you can do i mean everyone handles things differently um i mean we had a a weekend off i mean this weekend me have been you know a good weekend to actually have had something to do to take your mind off things but um i mean we had some shows we had the royal rumble which uh we you and i both watched and one of us liked it a little more than the other one um i had all the time in the world to watch a couple uh other mma shows and just completely slipped my mind <laughs> to do it so but we'll talk about those a little bit later um and uh, and yeah and we're you know we're back at it uh, i think you said last week when we when i asked you about this we have something like eight or ten weeks in a row coming up so yeah we have a, um we have a show we have a ufc every saturday until wrestlemania weekend Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, that's uh, nine weeks because uh, I know they did the countdown and it was 63 days. So, uh, eight, yeah. Eight, but, uh, eight, you know what? Eight, uh, straight, eight straight Saturdays. You don't include that ninth ninth one. So Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's nine weeks to WrestleMania. So, yeah. eight, eight weeks of, of uh, shows. Um, but, uh, you know, instead of uh, looking back at a show from this past, you know, UFC from this past weekend, we thought it might be fun to look back at a couple shows that happened. Um, I guess it would be today in history as we're recording but um yesterday as you're listening um and and the first one was uh ufc 94 which uh happened on uh this day in 2009 so 13 years ago and uh it was a really big show at the time uh gsp and uh bj penn yeah the mgm grand in vegas yeah i i you know what i don't think i ever ever actually watched this show live um i i was picking and choosing at the time and i don't you know and maybe i did like a gsp fight i probably would have watched yeah you know i must have but i it's funny because there was it was this the one with the controversy about gsp and oiling up and stuff or was that the previous uh, fight i think this was this was the one if i remember correctly i think he'd be okay been accused okay. a couple of times mm-hmm but this was um, this GSP won uh, fourth round stoppage, um, corner stoppage, um, and he you know he retained his welterweight title. This was kind of the beginning of the end for BJ. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was 920,000 buys, uh, 14,000, almost 15,000 at MGM, uh, $4.3 million gate. Um, this was, uh, this was a really, really big show and pretty much just a one fight show. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the undercard had a lot of interesting names on it, but I mean, this was, uh, this, this, this was like basically just the GSB and Penn show and they had such a, a heated feud, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you can count me as one of the you know fifteen thousand or so that was that was there for one, but but I remember just this was a rivalry. I mean, at the time, these were arguably the two best fighters in the UFC. You know, pound for pound, number one and number two. They had fought before, and GSP won a close split decision back at UFC fifty eight. Yeah, eight. Hey, and I mean, this just fight was just massive. It was the first time that you had the UFC primetime, primetime, which was, which if you oh. never saw the, the UFC primetime building up this fight, it was honestly one of the best, best, if not the best piece of television UFC has ever put together. Just absolutely incredible. And it got everybody interested in this fight. And it was just, it was a great crowd and it was a heated crowd and, and you know St. Pierre went in there and just you know dominated the fight and just made BJ Penn like not look in his league and this was really the fight that really cemented like GSP's the the best the goat I mean it was you know mm-hmm. it was a great fight and then and then you had a bunch of undercard stuff and the undercard was kind of memorable a little bit a little bit because you had a bunch of decisions to the point where Dana White you know almost was you know saying Anybody who gets a finish gets a gets an automatic bonus, and then Leoto Machida knocked out Tiago Silva with a second to go in the first round. He had a finish earlier too with Carl Parisian finishing Deong Hun Kim, but that wasn't really, you know, much of anything. And actually, yeah. Parisian failed a drug test afterwards, so you know he, you know, didn't really count. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, so um, they uh, and and sixty five thousand dollar bonuses. This is back when you know it was kind of random. Like you know, sometimes they'd give fifty, sometimes sixty five, sometimes a hundred. You know, it was just whatever Dana felt like giving out that night. Um, and uh, yeah, Le- Leota got the performance of the night, and then yeah. he, they gave out two fight of the nights. Yeah. Um, the one the notable thing too on this show was it was basically the show where everyone was kind of introduced to John Jones. Yeah, because it was his first uh, main card appearance, and back then the prelims weren't really televised. Um, so you know, mo- for most people, this would be the first time they would have ever seen him, and he got a unanimous decision over uh, Stefan Bonner um, on a main card fight. So that kind of told you that he was somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah, it was only his second UFC fight, fight too, but uh, you know, he had a lot of hype coming into that, into that, and you know, Stefan Bonner was a huge superstar from the Ultimate Fight, Ultimate Fighter, and it had that one that one spot during the fight where Jones landed that spinning elbow of Bonner went fat down face first it's still kind of replayed to this day it's just it's, this is really you know John Jones's you know introduction to the world and look where he is now you know and also also you know you had Nate Diaz on the card too you know back whenever yeah he was Still building up his popularity. Lost to Clay Guida, split decision. That was a, but that was a big fight at the time because both of them were pretty, pretty big stars, you know. And obviously Diaz became a became a massive star afterwards. 
Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I, yeah, you know what? I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying, I must've seen this, you know, because, uh, you know, Leoto too, as well, you know, he was still undefeated at the time, you know, heading up, you know, eventually they, you know, they'd be on a collision course, Machida and Jones, you know, they, we'd see them fight a couple of years later for the title. Um, and, uh, yeah, Dung Young Kim and yeah, you mentioned already John Fitch, on the prelims, I mean, the prelims were, you know, like not loaded, loaded, but you know, there's some names on there. Uh, Jake for, O'Brien uh, for the time, you know, when they forgot about for the for the time, it was pretty stacked because I mean, back in the day, back at that time, you probably only had about you know 250 guys on the roster. So yeah, for the time, it's pretty low. Yeah, yeah. You know, you had just you had Fitch who yeah, had just come off the so that was, off the off the title fight loss to to GSP. So yeah, it was pretty. And, and then a, a card that I definitely saw um, because I, I probably was actually covering uh, by this time, and I may have even covered this one for the Observer, was uh, UFC 183, uh, also in Vegas at the MGM Grand, uh, Anderson Silva and uh, Nick Diaz. And uh, this was, I mean, this was the last time we'd see Nick Diaz again until, you know, just recently. Um, Anderson Silva, um, you know, was kind of uh, starting his downward uh trend was, but he ended up this was his first fight back this was his first fight back from the uh weidman leg break too right and then he got suspended after this right yeah for they, uh failing a drug test they both got suspended for failing a drug test <laughs> yeah i mean it was it was funny because at the time it was you know like it was kind of a weird main event um you know we hadn't seen nick diaz in a few years even before this and you know silva was coming back so when they first made this fight you're just like what like really and you know and then everyone was like yeah we'll believe it when we see it and, and it happened and uh, i mean thank god because the rest of the card was i mean there there's a lot of names on this card but there were no pay-per-view headliners uh you know at the time i mean tyron woodley eventually became a champion and you know he and misha tate was you know on the card but i mean she was you know maybe you know a ways from being a pay-per-view headliner unless she's fighting ronda rousey um but uh yeah i mean and they had kind of a boring fight uh anderson silva okay so i what i remember about this fight was nick diaz you know obviously claimed he won uh i think the if i'm remembering right it was pretty much like 50 45 across the board but i feel like i might have scored it like 48 47 like i thought two of the rounds were were you know close enough that you could have given them to diaz and so i i was one of the few that actually thought it was closer than most people thought it was um but you know nick diaz was claiming he won and obviously it didn't matter because they both failed the drug test anyways but i mean um i mean the most memorable thing about this fight was the lasting image of nick diaz laying down in the middle of the octagon i mean that's a you know that's a that's you know yeah. a picture that's you know world fame world famous and you know one of the lasting images when you think of Nick D Nick D as a lot of people talk about remember that time when he fought Anderson Silva and they weren't doing anything and he just decided to lay down in the middle of the octagon to try to bait Silva it was just you know but it was it was de- I mean that's another show I was at and it was just it was kind of just one of these you know it was very heated inside the building and like like the people there they wanted to see this fight because i mean i mean nick diaz has a cult following and you wanted to see how anderson mm-hmm. silva looked looked and yeah, yeah but uh, definitely one of the more uh 
uh, let's see, polarizing fights in UFC history. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, um, it did, did pretty good on pay-per-view. 650,000 buys, you know, for a non-title fight. That's, uh, you know, that's pretty good um, for another four and a half million dollar gate and MGM. The one notable thing I remember from this, too, was uh, and I mentioned Misha Tate earlier. She was in the featured prelims and and they did one point five five million viewers on FS1, which was a, like a really strong number at that time. And her fight did almost two million. And that was kind of like maybe an indication that, oh, OK, she's got a little bit of popularity on her own here because um, I, that you know that was a lot more than what pay-per-view prelims were doing at the time and usually you could kind of judge okay if the pay-per-view if the prelims does this then you know they're going to do this many buys and this one kind of threw everything out of whack because you know with with uh you know 1.5 million people watching on the prelims you would have expected more than 650,000 it was for the main card so it was also super bowl weekend so usually you, yeah. you know usually the you know people are looking for something to watch on on Saturday night to get themselves ready for for the game on Sunday and you know that was a time where Fox Sports 1 was still a relatively new network yep. new network so a lot of people were watching it. it's not like it is today where you know that they struggle for view yeah. viewers you know yeah and as time went on under the ufc contract you know they started struggling for viewers but another another memorable thing i remember from this card was a uh, ally quinta beating joe lozon and then spending the rest of his post post fight night celebration destroying a hotel room in the MGM Grand that the UFC ended up having to pay for so that was just I remember like that his, story uh, Keith Kachuk moment um, remember Keith Kachuk did that in the Olympics years ago uh, after the US won the gold him and him and his buddies trashed a hotel room yeah um, I think we also was this was this the last fight of Uncle Creepy in UFC no. Uh, yeah, it was against John Lineker. Well, yeah, well, I, I guess. Yeah, I'm looking. I guess right I remember he had some other scheduled stuff, and that never like six. Yeah, <laughs> like, he had yeah a bunch of fights scheduled between 2015 and 2017, and then he fought Manel Cop in Ryzen and Kyoji Horiguchi uh, in uh, uh, was that Ryzen as well? Bellator. No, Ryzen. Yeah, Ryzen. Uh, but yeah, he lost to John Lineker, um, 130 pound catch weight. Um, and then I'm looking, I see um, Gaslam and Woodley in the co-main. It's 180 pounds. So I'm assuming Gaslam missed weight. Yeah, that was the thing where Gaslam just, you know, didn't even come close. Didn't even come close. Missed weight by 10 pounds and they almost called the fights off. And that was where, you okay. know, and even even in the the McCall fight against Lineker, John Lineker missed weight by you know, four four pounds. He weighed at 130 for that one. Yeah. That was so yeah, but that was when that was a really bad way way in. And you could tell like looking at Gastelum that that, you know, he was definitely missing and not shape, but he almost he almost pulled out a win over over Woodley in that fight and uh yeah there's a big night for brazilians on the card uh we got tiago santos ildemar alcantara rafael natal john lineker uh tiago alves talis leitis and anderson silva all getting wins so um yeah this almost like a brazil card uh like this uh one that's coming up in uh in may no um, no it's that, not uh, Remember that one got moved. <laughs> no, I'm saying I know. I'm saying it's like a card that was meant for Brazil but ended up in the states. That's kind of what I meant to say. Oh, okay. yeah, like you, you, 
we're probably going to end up with a bunch of Brazilians fighting on that card because mm-hmm. it was supposed to originally be in Brazil. And, uh, and then, it, I get it. you know, like, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. All right. So yeah, that was our little look back in history. And then, uh, yeah, we'll just, uh, do a quick look. Cause actually I don't think either one of us saw the, either one of the Eagle or Bellator shows. Although I guess you watched the main event of the Bellator show. Yeah, I watched the main event of the Bellator show, and I actually watched the last few fights of the Eagle show, the the okay. Rashad fight in the main event. So uh, Brian Bader retained, uh, or I guess unified the the uh, heavyweight title. I uh, beat uh, Valentin Moldovsky, who was the interim champion. Um, Benson Henderson uh, got a split decision in the co-main, which uh, I don't, I, I definitely didn't see coming. I thought for sure. Uh, uh, Benson was going to get another loss and because Mamadov's tough. But uh, how was the main event? I was reading your recap, and I was expecting you just shit on it, and and it was doesn't sound like it was that bad. Yeah, it was a so-so fight. It was, it was you know kind of a close close one. Came down to that fifth. However, you you score you score at uh, Moldovsky. He was on top a lot, but he didn't really do much. Whereas Bader was more active whenever he was in he was in the you know in control, and it just kind of just came down to that. Uh, I know a lot of it was kind of split in between media scores. I know there's some people who think that um, Moldovsky got robbed. If you think Moldovsky got robbed, I really need to introduce you to what an actual robbery in MMA was because this was not a robbery. This is just another example of one of those close fights that could have gone either way, either way. So I thought Bader won it 48-47. So, so yeah, you know, I didn't think it was that bad, that bad of, you know, it was not the most entertaining fight, but it's kind of what you had to expect from this, from this matchup. You know, that's two guys, two guys who aren't necessarily the most entertaining fighters in the world. Yeah, that's what you're describing is pretty much exactly what I was expecting and why I wasn't really going out of my way to watch this uh, fight. Um, yeah, and I can't imagine the Benson Henderson Mamadoff fight was any good. I'm sick and tired of watching Ben Henderson go to decisions like every time. This is um, this is his last fight on his Bellator contract, and both him and oh, really? Scott Co- both him and Scott Coker were sounding like he's not going to be back. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. You know, in the future. Yeah, I, I can't imagine UFC being interested in him at all. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he goes to Eagle FC. Yeah, or um, PFL. Or, you know, just just coaches. Yeah, PFL. I mean, they. Yeah, I. You know, they could use another high paid guy that doesn't win. Yeah. Um, he's thirty. <laughs> he's thirty eight. He's had forty career fights. I mean, you know, just he's he's yeah. you know definitely getting near the end for sure. When, when he moved to Bellator, like, I, I remember I actually wrote an article for uh, F4W about it, and I predicted that it wasn't going to go well. Um, so, you know, I call, call me a clairvoyant for once in my life. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and the, the, yeah, not much else. I mean, you know, there are a bunch of prelims, a bunch of names. Dalton Rasta won, the, uh, the guy we talked about last week, beat The Rock. Uh, in a, in a prelim fight. So that's the guy from, uh, American top team, uh, that we've seen in AEW. Um, so you saw the top two fights on the Eagle FC card and, uh, freaking Sergey Karatanov. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, Tyrone, <laughs> like I said, Tyrone Spong hadn't fought in MMA in, you know, almost nine years and it was only 10 years. Two, yeah. yeah. Two and oh, two and oh, and Karatanov, you know, despite Spong's, you know, 
kickboxing and boxing background, but Karatanov was 33 and nine going in that fight. I mean, I mean, it kind of lasted a little bit longer than I thought it would, would not overly exciting, but Karatanov, you know, got the finish in the second round, just a big old ground to bound from the top. And Rashad uh, gets a win over Gabriel Checo in the Kome. Yeah. You know, Rashad for, his age and being off as long as as long as he was i mean he looked good i mean he's not you know he's not gonna obviously he's helps know. that he's helps that he's fighting uh gabriel checo yeah i mean <laughs> i mean well, well i kind of like i don't know what you really expect from from him you know you know at his age and being out out of action that long out of action that long so it's like so i mean you know yeah i was looking up some stuff i mean when he last won it was his first win since november november uh 2013 so when he last won won uh the ufc heavyweight champion was kane velasquez the ufc light heavyweight champion was john jones the middleweight champion was chris weidman the welterweight champion was george st pierre because he fought on that on that show where St. Pierre beat Johnny Hendricks. That was when he last won when he beat Chael Sonnen. The lightweight champion was Anthony Pettis. The featherweight champion was Jose Aldo. The bantamweight champion was Do- uh, was a uh, uh, Dominic Cruz and Hen and Brow was was you know they both had and Hen and Brow had a had a. Uh, interim title at the time the flyweight champion was demetrius johnson the women's bantamweight champion was ronda rousey and the three other women's divisions didn't even exist in the ufc at the, the last time rashad evans won a fight wow. and a last well last not time only rashad, that, like like you know last time rashad evans won a fight won a fight conor mcgregor max holloway they were all prelim fighters like you know in the ufc a bunch had of conor even debuted yet he was two and oh, he, he was two and oh, he had just beat max holloway okay. max holloway but yeah and ronda had only fought once in the ufc at that point no she had fought she, like times. just her deb- I, thought she I don't think so. She debuted in 2013, and wasn't her second fight against Misha in December? Yeah, that's right. That that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So she'd only fought once. I yeah. mean, yeah, that's that's a long time. Yeah. So, I <laughs> Lots mean, happened. Since I just then. Uh, yeah. I thought I was like looking all that up. I go, like, you know, kind of. Yeah. Like, like this is what MMA was like when Rashad Evans last won a fight. It's just like, just like man, how how the times have changed. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, the two Russian guys that we talked about both got wins uh, on the main card. Uh, Ramond Megamedeliev and Ramazan Kormagomedov. Um, and uh, Ray Borg uh, won over Cody Gibson in a battle of former UFC fighters. So what was the, like, wh- how did it look? Like, what what was the presentation like? The presentation, the production was really, really nice, really smooth, kind of, you know, probably yeah. more on like, you know, kind of like what you'd see out of, out of like a PFL, PFL, you know, kind of. Okay. Kind of thing. I mean, it's not the heavy duty production that a UFC, UFC has. No, and, but. And they had a lot of commentators and there was a lot of speaking over each other, but Chael Sonnen was really good, basically serving as the lead announcer. And Henry Cejudo has some potential to be, to be oh. kind of a good color commentator and I'll kind of get into more some more Cejudo news later but uh but mm-hmm. yeah but yeah i mean so as far as the show, I do. show it was chael sonnen and uh and 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 henry Cejudo is interesting you yeah know, if felicia, I knew that and felicia spencer and there was a fourth oh. person who was basically like the lead the 
and a lead guy. I think Cyrus Faze was his name. Kind of like. Okay. But yeah, like those, like, yeah, Chael and uh, Henry Cejudo. Like, if I'd known that they were on this card, like, I probably would have actually gone out of my way to watch it. Yeah. Well, you know what? Actually, I shouldn't say that. I hate Chael Sonnen as a commentator um, normally. Like, when he was in P- uh, World Series and I guess PFL, um, he was really bad. Um, like it sounds like he was better here, so that's good. But Henry Cejudo, I'd have been interested in. He, he had a he had a lot, of, you know, he had a lot of funny lines, especially talking about okay about himself being <laughs> being a former steroid abuser and all that. So, <laughs> so you <laughs> know, where hilarious. he's clearly making fun of himself, you know, a lot of stuff. Well, that's all right. Yeah, that's all right. Well, I guess they got some future, and I think they got another card coming up in March. March. That's yeah. uh, when they were room. We were yep. going to see Diego Sanchez and uh, Kevin Lee. Yeah, I think yeah. was the rumor at one point. Yeah, that's no, that's not the rumor. It's it's officially even had it had a press conference for it over the weekend about about it and all that. So I think there's a few other. That's a fights. That's fighters a bad idea other. for Diego. Yeah, it's a bad idea. But you know whatever. Uh, yeah, you can take the you can take the UFC out of the guy, but you can't take the guy out of fighting. Um, yeah, so that was the Eagle FC. Um, and then we got a card coming up and I, I got to tell you, man, uh, when, you know, you sent me the rundown and, and you said, okay, UFC on ESPN 58 preview. And, and I like to like UFC and ESPN plus 58 and I'm like, okay, I want to pull up the card here. And usually if I do a Google of ESPN, UFC on ESPN plus 58, it's not going to come up. It'll give me like UFC 58 or something. And so I'm like, Okay, what's the main event of this card? And I I had no idea. If you had offered me a hundred bucks and said, tell me what the main event of Saturday's UFC is, I had no idea. Not a clue. Um, and I do an MMA podcast. So I don't know. I think that I don't know if that says what that says about me or UFC. Probably more me. Um, but it's uh, Jack Hermanson and Sean that's, Strickland. That's why I'm here because I can pull everything off uh, off the top of my head. <laughs> I know, I know, but yeah, Jack Hermanson and Sean and Sean Strickland in the uh, and and we talked about this fight when it was made and Sean Strickland in a UFC main event. Uh, God, I hope he doesn't win. Um, <laughs> I don't really need to see that post fight post fight uh, uh, press conference or or uh, interview or whatever he's going to do. Um, but this card. Um, this card is weird because like there's like the main card is there's like nobody on this card um, outside of that main event. And that main event is barely a main event. And, but then like on the prelims, there's a lot of like uh, names on the prelims, you know, like the sexy Mexi and juicy J and Hakeem Dawadu and Alexis Davis. Like, you know, there's some names on these prelims, but this main card is like, wow. Like, I know Trishon Gore because I watch The Ultimate Fighter, but nobody else does. Um, Sam Alvey, I mean, God, I can't believe he's still getting fights. But outside of that, I mean, this this co-main event, um, Punahale Soriano and Nick Maximoff, like, a couple interesting prospects. But this is the kind of fight you usually see on, like, the second fight on the card. Um, what's going on here? Am I off? No, it's just running 42 events a year and having a stretch of of eight straight weeks of cards and something like like you know 
like something like 28 events in 32 weeks, you know, you're going to, you know, you got a lot of fighters and, you know, some, you know, some cards are not going to be as great as others. We see this quite, quite often. Hell, we're having a show in April headlined by Jessica Andrade against Amanda Lemos. I mean, we're going to get cards like this, this every once in a really? while. This, yeah. Oh we're going to get God. cards like this every once in a while, <laughs> once in a while, but we, but the main event is really, really good. And, and, you know, especially, yeah, yeah. With, yeah. especially considering that you got the big middleweight, title fight coming up next week and then you got the middleweight number one contender fight also on that card but you know if the winner here comes out unscathed and something happens you know they could easily find themselves fighting for the title next so yeah very big main event between jack ranson and sean strickland and much like you uh nothing against sean strickland uh personally and as a fighter as a fighter he's very good but as you know as he's been talking more and showing more of his personality it's not he's he's not somebody that the ufc should want to be trying to market because that could backfire big time on a, on them and and i mean he could he easily could win he's coming in yeah. having won five in a row um and and actually hermanson has he's only he's lost two of his last four so but i mean they were to uh, marvin vittori and jared cannonier so you know like you know good losses but um this is uh this is a real test and it's the biggest fight for deshaun strickland and probably maybe the most important fight for hermanson yeah um is this this the first main event for both of them no, uh, Sean Strickland. It's his second oh, main second main event because he when he fought right. Uriah yeah, Hall. Yeah, Vittori. Well, no, when he Strickland when he fought Uriah Hall, that was the main event, and this is Hermanson's oh. third main third main event because both. Okay. The, no, it's his uh, it's fourth man fourth, fourth because he fought Jacare, yeah, Jacare, and then Cannoneer, and then Vittori. Those are his main events. So okay. these guys have been headliners yeah, so before. Was, so, so you know, yeah, I guess yeah, it's a it's a decent main event. Um, yeah. The uh, yeah, I mean, but Punaheli Soriano and Nick Maximov, God bless them, but two, that is not a co-main event. Two, I mean, it's two <laughs> two prospects. The Soriano Soriano's got you know both of these guys have a lot of potential, and Soriano's from the Extreme Couture, Maximov from the Diaz brothers. Brothers Soriano likes to keep it on the feet. Maximov is great on the ground. You know that's an interesting fight. You got a swelterweight fight between Shafka Rachmanov, you know, fourteen and zero. And Carlson Harris, that's a solid matchup right right there as well. Yeah. I you know, I yeah, I don't I mean I'm looking at this card. I don't know what I would what I would put in the co main event side. I guess that one was as good as anything else. I mean, you know, I I'm kinda looking at Miles Johns and John Castaneda on the prelims and thinking that, you know, that's a pretty good fight. Um and of course we got Sam Alvey and Phil Hawes. I mean, you know, that could be a co main event. Sam Alvey's <laughs> keeping in that position before. Sorry. Keep Sam Alvey away from a co main co main event. The guy has lost hasn't won in it doesn't his last matter. seven fights. I mean, I mean, he's I mean, lucky, you know, lucky what? he's going to be, be on the card. He's probably. I mean, honestly, he might be the biggest name on this whole card. Uh, Sam Alvey, like nah. that, that, an average person's going to recognize. Yeah, you know, Herman um, Hermanson's the biggest name on the card. Yes, it's close. 
it's close. Like, cause I mean, Sam Alley's been around forever and you know, he's got the hot wife and he's got the cool music and the gimmick and, uh, yeah. So I, you know, but I mean, he sucks, <laughs> you know, and hopefully Phil Hawes knocks him out, but probably what's going to happen is they're just going to dance around for 15 minutes and throw like nine punches and, uh, Alvi will complain about losing a split decision again I mean, or a unanimous decision. Just- this card is a lot like that that uh, first one we had of the year with the the Calvin Cater against Chiga Chikadze at a really strong main event and not a bunch like on the prelims, but that ended up being a good show. And I kind of yep. have this feeling that this one a real good show. Yeah, and I have a feeling this one's going to end up you know kind of very similar you know to that one. Well, uh, the one that I think is going to be really good is Brian Battle and Trishan Gore. Like I like I said, I saw Trishan Gore in the Ultimate Fighter. He's three and zero. Uh, you know, very young in his career, but he's got charisma. He's got a great backstory. I don't know if they're going to get a chance to tell it on the show, uh, but um, it's something to go out of your way to look up. I'm sure you can get YouTube clips of it and stuff. And he, uh, you know, kind of fighting for his family kind of deal. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of a, uh, you know, a, just a hardworking fighter, you know, like that, you know, it's got a great story. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the guy that I always like another ultimate fighter alum, juicy J Julian Arosa and Steven Peterson, uh, also on the main card at featherweight. Um, I, you know, Ju- Julian Arosa, you know, he's coming off a big kind of an upset win in his last fight, if I'm remembering right against Charles Jordan. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's actually on a pretty good role. Uh, you know, he's won four of his last five, uh, including one outside of UFC. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's a, I, like I said, I'm just looking at this card and like, once you get past the main card, then you get into the prelims and it's just kind of the same, you know, and I guess this card is all going to be on ESPN plus anyways. So it doesn't really matter what's prelims and what's not, but, um, and this is an afternoon show, right? It starts at, uh, 4 PM Eastern. So yeah. three o'clock our time. Yeah. Shoot. That's the. That's the prelims, right? So the main card yeah. is what seven? Seven, seven, seven Eastern time. Okay, um, and then yeah, what do what do you tell us about these prelim fights? Well, which again, for, I mean, might as well be main card. Yeah, well, first off, or do you want to say about, something about the other two main card fights? I mean, if you remember Trayshawn sure. Gore and Brian Battle, that was that was originally supposed to be be the finals of the Ultimate Fighter middleweight. Yep middleweight tournament so so i actually i actually feel like now we're gonna even though brian battle won it and got this got the six-figure contract i think now is gonna be now it's like okay this is the real winner of the ultimate fi- fighter you know you know season yeah what 29 middleweight and then you know i, I really uh rosa peterson might be like you know, it's a top three, top three or four fight or matchup for me on this card. Card, I mean, Arosa is this is his third UFC stand, and it's the best best he's been in the UFC so far. And then Peterson, Peterson needs to be more active, but he's won two in a row, and he's coming off that win over Chase Hooper last year. Last year, so he's got a little bit of momentum yep. coming in. So, but uh, as far as the prelims, uh, we kick it off with a flyweight fight, uh, Malcolm Gordon against Dennis Bondar. Uh, Bondar is making his UFC debut, and uh, Malcolm Gordon's coming off his first UFC win. Yeah, it's, you know, lower-level flyweights trying to break into the rankings. Oh, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a light heavyweight fight, Shelton Almeida making his UFC debut against Danilo Marquez. Almeida was one of the more impressive uh, signings from the from Dana White's contender series. He had an impressive performance on that show. And uh, Marquez, 
has shown to be a solid fighter. You know, he's not, you know, he's not near, anywhere near rankings. You know, it's a great, it's a great test for Almeida in his for in his uh, debut. Uh, we got a bantamweight fight, women's bantamweight fight, Alexis Davis against Julia Stoliarenko. Uh, I think that this is a. You know, one of those loser leaves town kind of fights. Davis is, yeah. a, is a is a former title challenger, but she's just one and four in her last in her last uh, five UFC her last five fights. And uh, Stoliarenko has yet to win in the in a uh, three UFC fights. So, so yeah, this is kind of you know an important fight for both of them. Uh, you got a welterweight fight, Jason Witt against Philip Rowe. You know, they're they're mid to lower level welterweights. Both of them looking for for I think I think both of them won their last fights looking for their second straight win. So so Witt had a very entertaining fight with Brian Barberina in his last fight, and he's he has shown to be a pretty decent decently entertaining fighter. So that one might be a little little might be pretty good. Uh, got a middleweight fight, uh, Chidi and Jokowani, 33 years old, veteran of 28 fights, has been fighting since February or since uh, November 20 or 2007. Finally making it to the UFC after being signed against off of a Dana White's Contender Series, fighting Mark Andre Barriot, who technically has won three straight, but officially has only won two straight. But you know he's he's on a solid win streak, and Jokowani looked good on. The contender series, uh, you know, both these guys, you know, middle middle of the level middleweights, both of them have potential to break into that into that you know upper echelon. But yeah, that should be a good fight. Uh, you got a featherweight fight, Hakeem Dawadu against Michael Trezano. Dawadu is coming off the loss to Mavzar Ivloyev, where he was just basically, as they say, wrestle fucked for the for the uh, yeah for the fight. I mean, it ended his five fight win streak. He was ranked at the time. He's looking to get back in the rankings. Uh, Trezano, uh, former Ultimate Fighter winner, he's looking for his second straight win. You know, that's a pretty good matchup. And you got a capping off the prelims with the bantamweight fight, Miles Johns against John Castaneda. Uh, Johns, tons of potential. Potential. Sexy, he's sexy. Yeah. John's tons of potential. He's looked really good. He's three and one in the UFC. See, he's coming off two straight knockout wins, two straight performance bonuses. Uh, he's got potential. I mean, bantamweight stack, but he's got potential to to you know make a run towards the rankings and possibly towards title contention. He's really good. Casaneta. He. I don't know that he'll ever sniff UFC rankings, but he's a solid veteran who's going to be like. Gonna give your young guys, you know, your young prospects like John's a tough fight. So this is a good matchup for John for John's to see, you know, if he's ready to step up into that next level of of bantamweights. So yeah, solid prelims in my opinion. You know, even though it's lacking on what you call names, but that's what the UFC is this day. Not a whole lot of names, you know. Well, that's, I, I think actually in terms of the prelims, like there, there's actually some good names on these prelims. It's just it's kind of like there's not much to differentiate the main card fights from the prelims. There's just kind of a bunch of like names that if you watch every week, you, you probably know them. But if you're a casual fan, you know, you know, like four fighters on this whole card. Um, the uh, couple things I just wanted to mention, uh, a lot of Canadians on the uh, prelims. We got Malcolm Gordon, Alexis Davis, uh, Mark. 
Marc-Andre Berriot, Hakeem Dawadu, um, all represent the Great White North. Uh, Chidi Chidi Bang Bang in, uh, you know, may finally making his UFC debut. We we talked about him when he was on the Contender Series that, you know, like you were surprised that they didn't just sign him and they made him go through the Contender Series. Um, he's been in the main event of Bellator like a couple times. He's got big wins in his career. Melvin Gillard, Ricky Rainey, Max Griffin. Alan um, Joban. Bobby Cooper. Alan, Alan Joban. Yeah. yeah. Chris Kennedy. Yeah. Like, you know, these are like big names and, and he's been fighting forever and he's finally getting into UFC. So good for him. Um, but he's got a tough, tough fight with uh, Marc-Andre Berrio. Um, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, they, they didn't make it easy for him. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, for me that Miles Johns and John Castaneda, like you talked about, um, you know, in terms of like, you know, Julian Arosa and Steven Peterson is like maybe your second or third best fight in the card. To me, it's Johns and Castaneda. Like that's the one I'm looking forward to, um, you know, outside the main event, probably maybe second. Um, I'm, I'm a really big fan of Castaneda and, uh, Miles Johns is a great prospect. I'm going to throw a few bucks on Castaneda. I'm, uh. I'm I'm free rolling a bit. Uh, for those that don't know, I uh, I bet on Ronda Rousey to win the Royal Rumble, and I won a thousand bucks. So I'm yeah. I'm in a good mood this week. Yeah, for for those of you who don't don't know, we as you know, I guess we can call friends of Dave and all and all that. We we knew before the story got out that Ronda was going to be in the Rumble, and and you know those of us who had betting opportunities took the Took the, you know, we knew what was going to happen. We knew when, once he told us that she was in the Rumble, we knew exactly what was going to happen. She was going to win the Rumble. So those of us who had the ability to took advantage of our inside knowledge before it got, before the story got out, got out, made some bets. Because once that story went out, those, those odds, you know, quickly, she, I mean, she got taken off the board right away once the story yeah, came out, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we yeah, all got so our, what happened was, and we all got our bets in before it was, the story came out. So, so, cause we knew. Yeah. So, so, so what happened was Monday, I think it was when the story came out that she was going to be in the rumble or, or when we got word. So immediately I checked, I checked the sites and it was still 25 to one. And I'm like, oh my God. So I put $10 on at, at 25 to one. And then I looked and I realized I had a $30 free bet from my last deposit. And I'm like, they probably won't let me do a free bet on, on the Royal rumble, but I'll try. And then I did it. And sure enough, it accepted my bet. So I bet zero, you know, a $30 free bet to win 750 and my picks are locked an hour later. I think you asked me what, what are the odds now? And then I go to check and, and they're gone. Like they're not even taking bets anymore. Next day they're back and it's Rhonda's 10 to one now. And, uh, and then I checked the next day and she was five to one. And so that's Wednesday. And by Friday, she was a favorite. She was basically two to five. Yeah. So you're betting, you bet $10 to win like two fifty, Yeah. And, uh, or something like that or four bucks maybe. And, it, and yeah. And, and, and if you remember, remember how I asked what the odds about Rome for Roman Reigns were. And y'all said yeah. it was, they were pretty, they were, you know, they weren't the best. And I was like, I was like, eh, and never mind then because I knew what the finish of the rumble was. It was just a matter of whether it was going to be Reigns or Lesnar. But I mean, you, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, 
I'll put it this way. I didn't know that finish, you know, inside, but you could see it coming from a mile away. Like, yeah. like one of them was going to lose. No, there, there was, was no, no other winner. No, there was no logical yeah. explanation. You got to get to the story. Is like, like whoever loses their title is going to be number thirty and win the rumble. I, you know, and I thought they were going to hold off on the, on the, you know, Heyman turning on Lesnar for Mania, but you know they did it this time. So, I got um somebody a mutual friend of ours told me that he was talking to somebody inside wwe and that a very high profile person in the company was pushing for omos to win the royal wumble and he said you know check what are the odds on omos and i told him like 18 to 1 and he's like throw some money on omos because it could happen like he said i'm not saying it's gonna happen but it could happen and so i did and and he didn't win but you know i figured it was not a bad bet i bet i bet 20 bucks so um you know didn't win but if it would have won that would have been a nice nice little payoff i would have won 360 so but yeah that was uh that was my weekend so i was in a real good mood i was cheering for ronda actually dev you know speaking we're on an mma show i mean you know two ufc fighters uh getting the two royal rumble wins brock lesnar and ronda rousey shows you who who they think the real stars are yeah, absolutely yeah yeah i mean and lashley is uh won the title and he's a former mma fighter as well yeah um i mean who do you let's think no, let's no no offense to those brock lesnar people who say who say well he he wrestled before he fought he became a gigantic superstar in the ufc yes. he was not a big star when he left when he left wwe he was not like he is now. He is now. So anybody who wants to argue, Brock Lesnar's gigantic superstardom came from the UFC. That's in the story. Absolutely. So here's a question for you, and, and yeah. I t- I'm putting you on the spot. So if you don't have an answer for me, that's fine. Okay. Who do you think at their peak? So both guys at their peak. Who is a better MMA fighter? And I know one. I, and you know Brock was the UFC champion, but the UFC was not what it was, you know, a few years later, but Bobby Lashley was, you know, uh, 17 and two, I think in 15 and two in, uh, MMA, who was a better, uh, MMA fighter at their peak? I want to say Brock because his level of competition, even, you know, no matter what you want to talk about the UFC heavyweight division at the time, it was, it was strong and it was definitely better than any other heavyweight division, division there was. And if you look at who he fought against, who Bobby Lashley fought, fought, you know, True. you know, it's definitely Lesnar. Yeah. I will say we, everybody who is a fan of Brock Lesnar, he was robbed of the prime of his MMA career from the diverticulitis. If he never had to deal with Absolutely. that, deal with that, I have. You know, he possibly never would have went back to wrestling if he never because because, I mean, he was going to get beat. And but I think I said it at the time and I still believe it to the to this day for at that time that at that time, the only guy who was going to beat him was Cain Velasquez. And I mean, obviously, Velasquez, Velasquez. Velasquez beat beat him. I mean, Overeem beat him, but Overeem was on all kinds of steroids in that fight, and that <laughs> fight was also also Brock with diverticulitis and just you know he hated taking a punch, but you weren't going to be able to beat him beat him with the wrestling. The only person who could beat him with the wrestling was was Kane. So I mean, just yeah. just and he was going to be able to take down anybody at heavyweight at that time, except for Kane for Kane. But I mean. I mean, you know, no matter what you want to say about Cain Velasquez, he was the most talented heavyweight heavyweight fighter I've ever seen 
you know, just, you know, the, yeah. the, the training, right. ba- the training battles caught up to him, caught up to him and get knocked out while training ca- caught up to him, caught up to him. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, I think Lesnar had, you know, was a better fighter overall. But Lashley was, uh, I, I think there's like some missed opportunities there that Lashley could have, could have been, could have had a better, um, you know, he, he, there was some big fights down the road for him that he never got to because he went back to wrestling, and it's too bad. Uh, Bob, you know, but but he's he's doing just fine now in pro wrestling. So. Yeah, Bobby Lashley was both helped and hurt by the by the typical Scott Coker booking. But, yeah. So yeah. so you know they you know they wanted to you know you know keep it you know. Yeah, you know how they how they take time with people. Yep. You know, like we see with Aaron Pico. Usually, Aaron Pico, yeah, except they, for Aaron Pico. <laughs> I mean, even so, they tried to take you know keep Aaron Pico, you know, bring him along along slowly. And I mean, if you look at if you look at at a uh, uh, Lashley's MMA record, what's his biggest win in his career? James Thompson. I mean, you know, that's yeah. Yeah. Whereas Brock beat Frank Mir, he beat Shane Carwin, Carwin, he beat Heath Herring, he beat Randy Couture. I mean, you know, I mean, True. Yeah. the three biggest wins on, on Lashley's record are James Thompson, Wes Sims and Bob Sapp. I mean, you know, so, so really can't get Bob Sapp. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, just yeah. based on level of competition and what they achieved this for sure. Lesnar. All right, cool. Um, so that's uh, that's the UFC on ESPN Plus 58. That'll be on ESPN Plus on Saturday afternoon uh, going into the evening. Um, and uh, so that's going to bring us to our We Have to Talk About segment. And we have to talk about uh, who do we got to talk about? Uh, for this segment this week, I uh, chose for for this week we have to talk about uh, Jeremy Stevens, you know, longtime UFC veteran who's been around, who had been around the UFC since 2007, had 34 fights, and he's no longer with the UFC. Signed with PFL, you know, that's kind of a yeah, yeah. It's kind of news came out this past week that that you know his UFC contract actually ended with his last fight and they opted to not re-sign him and PFL signed him and he's going to be in their upcoming lightweight tournament and uh Jeremy Stevens is most famously known lightweight eh yeah light, as lightweight yeah he's been fighting he moved back he went down to featherweight for a little bit but he moved back up to lightweight for his last few UFC fights fights so he was back at well, he lightweight fought, uh what did he fought he fought Gamrod at lightweight but yeah. he fought um Katara Rodriguez uh, oh yeah yeah Jose Aldo UFC fight yeah, yeah. he hasn't but, uh, won in four years I'm surprised yeah, at that I mean, but I mean he's got the fourth most all-time UFC fights at 34 but he was only 15 and 18 with one no contest yeah contest in there so I mean you know he had a very you know he he was five main events, you know, lots of high profile fights, probably most famous, you know, for being known as, as the, who the fuck is that guy reference, but from Conor yep. McGregor at that press conference. And, 
And, you know, much like, you know, <laughs> much like he embarrassed himself that day saying saying that, you know, he'd be the one to knock Conor McGregor out. Today he was on Ariel Helwani's uh, show and said that that the boxing fight that everybody wants to see is Jeremy Stevens against Jake Paul, which I don't think anybody's wanting oh, to see that, see that fight. So Jake but, Paul, isn't he like 40 pounds heavier than Stevens? Jake Paul's fight. <laughs> I mean, Jeremy Stevens, maybe without cutting weight, maybe he, he walks around at 180. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And, and Jake Paul's, yeah, I guess he's maybe like 190. Yeah. Um, but, it, but yeah, that's it's uh, kind of, it's kind of a, you know, kind of a well-known name who'd been around the UFC yep. for a long time. Who's, you know, moving on. So, so yeah, I mean, just yeah, kind of big name. Like I, 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 you know, and I guess that's pretty much the biggest uh, signing that they've done this year. I mean, they did all those big signings last year with, you know, uh, Fabricio Verdum and Roy McDonald and um, uh, Anthony Pettis. Pettis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, well, I guess they've also got Julia Budd would be their other big name that they're bringing in this year. Um, and then it looks like probably Kayla Harrison going back. So, uh, well, yeah, pro- I mean, yeah. they'll probably bring it. They'll probably bring in more now, especially since they they re-upped their. Yeah, know, they just e- got- they got the new deal with ESPN probably making. I mean, I can't say for sure and terms aren't disclosed, but they're probably making making slightly more money than they were from a TV deal. Yeah. Beforehand, considering that the fact that you know they're putting them on ESPN and ESPN two a little bit more this year, so you know, yeah, they got seven events they're getting on ESPN. They said in their press release. Um, so it's funny because we talked about that last week, and then you know we were wondering, are they do they even have a deal? Because all they were talking about was that FUBU or whatever it is. But um, they they announced the next day, uh, you know, after we recorded that uh, that they've got the deal with ESPN. And and of course, they're the number two uh, MMA company in the world, as is everyone that's not UFC. Um, Bellator, Combat the Americas. I saw Camel uh, McLaren was just going nuts on Twitter this week, uh, arguing with people about how important his company oh, what, is. What else is um, new? Yeah, here's a clue. If you're arguing with no with uh, eggs on Twitter, you're probably not as important as you think you are. Um, so uh, yeah, um, this is yeah. This so I mean that's good news for them. Uh, you know, and they'll have you know obviously another million dollar tournament. I hopefully this year is a little more organized than last year. It seemed kind of a little haphazard, and you know with with COVID and everything, like they kind of tried to bunch all those fights together and they had guys like out of the tournament that ended up in the finals and um it, it was a little little off but i will um, yeah i will say if they're gonna have more shows on espn they really need to figure out how to have less downtime in between yes fights. yes in between yes, fights because yes. i think that's one thing that if they have more events on you on a ESPN and they're having things where it's like 30 minutes between fights, it, they're, they're going to lose viewers. People are not going to sit, sit no. around, you know, watching 30 minutes of talking, waiting for the next fight to start next fight to start, you know, you know, constantly, well, constantly. It happens every once in a while, once in a while on a UFC where there's long talking periods, but that's always because of quick finishes. But even, but even watching these PFL shows, like they'd have a fight, go to a decision and then they spend the next 20, 25 minutes talking, talking before they got to the next fight. I mean, that shouldn't happen ever. It's like Bellator on DAZN. Um, yeah. I, I was, uh, I, there was at least twice last year where I, I recorded the show and watched it later. And I always go like, I always record for an extra hour and I missed the end of two different shows 
even recording an extra hour. That's how long these shows were going. Like, so they're scheduled for like a two and a half hour window. I record for three and a half and they don't get it in under three and a half hours for six fights. That's, that should not happen. <laughs> I mean, so, if you, um, yeah, if, you, if the UFC can get in 13 fights in a six hour window, window, there's no, yeah. there's no excuse for anybody else. Sorry. There's, you know, no, exactly. No, you're right. You're right. Um, all right. So yeah, that was, uh, that was going to be one of our news items anyways. So kind of, um, transition into that. Um, but the big, the big news from this week, I think, uh, was, uh, you know, we talked last week about, you know, with the, um, Masvidal Covington fight being made and they were being rumored to be the tough coaches. Uh, we got two new coaches this week and I didn't even realize it until, uh, you know, I saw your news rundown. Uh, I didn't even see this announcement. I somehow missed it. It wasn't, it hasn't been announced. Well, uh, let me, Oh, there first, you go. First so. of all, it hasn't been, been announced, but the front runners are Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunez as the coaches. So two weeks from now, we can see a tweet from uh, one of our friends. Uh, credit Air, Ariel, else, but Ariel, Hawani, here Air, Ariel Hawani reported it first. Oh, I'll, did he? Okay. That, okay. So, that was out yeah. on his show today. It was. Uh, it was. He. He is in his Substack. Column that he writes, okay. you know, it was like Wednesday or something or Tuesday, last Tuesday, something okay. like that. Okay, something like that. So, so, so Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunez. So this would be probably, uh, uh, you know, leading to a rematch, obviously, right? Yeah, summer, summertime, because I think they're supposed to start filming, uh, you know, mid to in, mid to late February or possibly early March is when they're supposed to start start fighting. I mean, or start filming. So. You know. So I have been very um, vocal about my uh, my love for uh, Juliana Pena. I was about to um, ask you about this. And, so. and, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, like this interests me because I think the way they edit, like she's going to come off looking like so bad on this show, and I think I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I'm going to come out of this being a really big fan of Amanda Nunez, I, I, which I already am. But uh, and I assume that, you know, we're going to see a lot of Misha Tate, uh, you know, probably helping uh, Juliana's team. Well, and, maybe, you know, we'll get some Nina and may, uh, maybe, maybe not on Misha Tate since she's doing the doing Big Brother. So celebrity oh, right. big brother, right. yeah. So that's going on right when now. When is that? I, I, oh, okay. Well, I don't that's... watch. I don't watch Big Brother. I don't know anything about it. Me neither. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. How they film, when they film, if it's live, or I don't know. You no, know, kind of weird that to me, it's kind of weird that she's doing Big Brother when she's supposed to be fighting in May. May. So hopefully, maybe it's just only taking her out of training for a month or something. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know the deal, deal about Big Brother. Well, I, so. I'm pretty sure they do it live because they have that Big Brother After Dark that you can sign up for and watch like all night and stuff. Well, they, yeah. if you're in like other countries besides the U.S., you can actually like see like skin and stuff, but you don't get that here. Um, I totally sign up for that. Misha Tate, but uh, this is not happening. In, this is celebrity big brother though. That's kind of stuff. You know, I know it's not happening. A lot of these people yeah, were married and stuff, you know, does it? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, Oliver and Gaethje headlining UFC 274. We talked about that last week, right? Well, we talked about the poten potential of, you know, it possibly happening, but uh, it was made official because because when we did our show last week, the May seven show was still supposed to take place in Brazil, and hey, we were talking about whether or not they would do that fight in Brazil, and now the show is not going to be in Brazil, so they went ahead and added it to the card. I think, I think honestly, I think 
when they moved the show from Brazil, I think COVID had something to do with it. And I think honestly, okay. them booking this fight on that card, I told you, I was telling you, I go like, it's just, yeah. if I was them, I would not want that fight. I'd want that fight in the U.S. because it, you know, because of, you know, being able to get media there. I wouldn't want to do that fight in Brazil, and and you know they're they're doing it somewhere in the U.S. I don't know where, I don't know where. Haven't heard anything. Could be. I wonder if they go to Brooklyn with that because the April show was originally talked about for Brooklyn, Brooklyn before they moved it to Jacksonville. So maybe they go to Brooklyn for it, you know. But or maybe they come. When's to, the last time they ran Chicago? Uh. Uh, June, it's June. been a while, right? Yeah, it's been before the pandemic. I, you know, I was yeah. I was looking on a more personal level. You know, you know, da- <laughs> da- American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas, is open, and yeah. they don't have to worry about restrictions like they would in you know for fighters, you know, like they would in New York or Chicago or anything like that. That's probably so, a a factor. So yeah, so you know, who knows? But yeah, I mean. You got Oliver and Gaethje, and then Glover against Prochaska. Those are two. Those are two big fights on a, on that card. That's that. Yeah, that card should be really good. It should be really anticipated when it comes. We should get a should get an announcement in that sometime in the next couple of weeks. I would think because they're going to want to sell tickets soon. So, um, and then some fight announcements. And uh, well, uh, I, I wanna, I'm looking I wanna at go, your, I want to okay. go over a few more news news things before we go over okay. the fight announcements uh uh first off uh you know we were talking about yuri prochaska he's uh he's coming to america to work with fight ready camp you know, to prepare for glover to with his main focus being on on training his wrestling which uh yeah, you go to the fight ready camp. I mean, you got Henry Cejudo there, and now you got John Jones there, and those are the two guys he's going to be training with. So, so I mean, you know, <laughs> Prochaska very good in his striking, and if he can improve his wrestling, holy crap! I mean, he's going to be, yeah, he's, you know, you you know how high I am on that guy already. Any, oh yeah. Anyway, anyway, so but you know, yeah, but and uh, speaking of Cejudo. I don't know that this is a this is true or not, but uh, Chael Sonnen is uh, saying that Cejudo's back in the USADA testing pool, which would, oh. which if it's true means he's looking at coming back. You know, you know because yeah. if you it's- retire, if you pull yourself out of the USADA pool, you got to be back in back in it for six months before you can fight, and and to put yourself back in it, you know, means. I mean, you're planning on fighting, so that's that's an interesting thing. I guess it's gonna to, be fighting Peter Yan. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I think that would I think that'd be. I think that's the fight to make. <laughs> you know, yep. think, you know, you know. So yeah, uh, I. Uh, yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, a couple more, couple more things. Uh, Zabit Magomed Shapirov. We've been wondering. What his future is, he's uh he's been the reason he hasn't been fighting was mainly due to health issues. Also, he also wants a new contract, but I mean it's supposed to have been health issues. But his uh, manager Ali uh, Ali Abdelaziz is supposed to meet with Sean Shelby and all them to you know figure out his future. So you know he could be returning and and if he comes back, let's get that Yair Rodriguez fight going because <laughs> because that's the fight to make. And then for that Columbus yeah. show, Columbus show, the first non 
pay-per-view event to be held in an arena in, in the U.S. since before the pandemic. It lost its main event. Jan Blakovich was injured and is out. And uh, Alexander Rakic, that fight's been pulled. Uh, they're not going to get a replacement for Rakic. They're going to have to find a new, whole new main event for that show. And you're going to kind of want a solid fight considering the circumstances, you know, the, with it being the first non-pay-per-view event, you know, in an arena. In arena since, you know, back in the day. But since before COVID. So, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see there what happens. So, uh, looking at your uh, fight announcements, and uh, I, one of these fights horrifies me. Um, and it's May 6th, Bellator Paris, Ryan Bader and Chuck Congo. Yeah. Chuck Congo's getting a, a Bellator title shot after all these years. He had that, he had that long winning streak, I think, where he'd won like eight in a row, and they had the heavyweight Grand Prix, and he wasn't in it. And he was really pissed that he didn't even get invited into the Grand Prix. And uh, and then he had that awful fight, I think, against Tim Johnson, um, in uh, and and where he clearly lost, but the judges gave him a split decision, I think, or maybe it was like a split decision for Johnson. But Congo won on one of the cards, which was brutal. But he's getting a, a title shot. Like wow. Well, I hope he wins. Well, I mean, <laughs> him, 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 and Bader fought for the title before, before, you know, and ended in a no contest when the oh right, I, the accidental no contest. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. poke from Bader and Congo couldn't couldn't continue. So it it makes sense, you know, in 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 that. But it's awful. And that, I mean, in Congo, I mean, you know, he lost to That's Tim awful. Johnson, but beat Sergey Karatanov. I mean, I yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, I get one to do the rematch because of no contest, but but Bader wanted to fight Fedor in Fedor's retirement fight, and they chose this over that. So, I mean, Fedor and you know, Fedor. I mean, we all we criticize Bellator's you know decision making a lot on this show, and. They just give you more reasons to criticize it. I just yeah. don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. You know, telling telling Fedor like, no, we're gonna make your retirement fight something else instead of, and you know, you have a chance for Fedor Emelianenko's retirement fight to be for your heavyweight title. You have a chance for the guy who's who's arguably, you know, who's one of the greatest fighters of all time to end his career as a champion. You take that. You, you, you make that fight. You don't tell him, no, we're giving the title shot to Chet Congo and we're going to do something yeah. else with you. No, I mean, that's just. Yeah, he's going to fight. Idiotic. Like, uh, he's going to fight like Terrell Fortune or something. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> you know? idiotic. Un- unless they're playing. Yeah. Unless they have so much confidence in the world that Bader's going to beat Congo and they go and do that fight later in the year. But if they don't. But honestly, that's the easiest layup, easiest softball you can hand yep. hand to Scott Coker and his matchmakers. And if you're not doing it, it's like. It's like, you know, we, you know, they deserve every, they constantly do things that deserve every criticism that they get. Like what's going on with this, yeah. this cyborg and Kat Zingano fight. They were supposed to fight on March 11th, March 11th. And Kat is saying that cyborg doesn't want a drug test, drug test because, you know, she's been fighting on Indian reservations lately, which, you know, whether or not they drug <laughs> test, whether or not they drug test remains to be, you know, 
supposedly they do, but you never hear anything about Bellator drug testing, so you don't know that it's actually happening. Happening, and then Cyborg is is saying that Zagano doesn't want to fight on a certain day, and Scott Coker's taking Cyborg's Cyborg's sign, and then but Zagano's saying that she she's ready to fight March 11th, which is the date. You know who knows what's going on there. Just mm-hmm. a lot of their stuff they do just makes you think like what are you doing (laughs) you know this is another situation all right um so and the other one that jumps out at me of this list and you got a lot of them here in your column donald cerrone and joe lazan yeah um which have they they never fought eh? they've never fought they've never fought yeah that's crazy probably got like 100 ufc fights between them Uh, not quite but closer to 150 um and uh yeah, like two big long-term veterans, and uh, I don't even know who I'd favor. I just, you know, I, I like Cerrone with some time is good, you know, like it's been a while since he fought. So, you know, it's April 30th, so, you know, he'll have been off for like six months. Well, he's been yeah, um, fought since May, so it'll be almost a year. Oh, wow. That's got to be like a career record for him. Yeah, he's been filming some movies, though, and TV shows. So he's, oh, been, okay. he's been keeping busy. And I remember after that fight, you know, with Alex Morono, we were talking about on the show, like, like you know, you know, they, you know he was supposedly only going to get one more fight. And they didn't announce this as, like, his official retirement fight. So who knows? Maybe he's going to fight more than, this, more than this. But when me and you were talking, I remember us talking about, like, like he really should be fighting other veterans of the sports, and I remember we both name dropped Lozon as a perfect fight for him. You know, you know guys like Lozon and Jeremy Stevens and Matt Brown. You know, kind of guys like that. You know, he shouldn't be fighting these these young guys that he's been fighting. Like you know, even like an Alex Morono. But I mean, you know, you know, not at this stage after all the beatings he's taken yeah, lately. So, so this is kind of a perfect fight for him. Yep. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's April 30th. Uh, it'll be a fight night. Uh, probably not the main event, but it'll be uh, it'll be a high profile fight. Probably the one that everyone's looking forward to most when we get to that one. Um, any other fights on this list that you wanted to highlight? Yeah, yeah. We uh, uh, the London show March 19th has a light heavyweight fight. Uh, Nikita Krylov against Paul Craig. That's an that's a interesting yeah. fight. And you also got Nathaniel Wood against Ludwig Sholinian on that show. We talked a lot about Nathaniel Wood. Very very good prospect for uh you know at, at Bantamweight. Uh UFC two seventy three on April 9th. You got Dracus Duplace one of our personal favorites on this show, against another one yeah. of our personal favorites on this show, Chris Curtis. So those yeah. Two, so that's a that's that a middleweight. Really, that's a middleweight. It's a really good fight. They uh, they respectfully asked to fight each other on on Twitter. They they said they came to an agreement on a you know late March early April. They say like they agreed to fight on Twitter and they said okay we'll both contact the matchmakers and then they put that fight together. So <laughs> so I mean you know interesting that Curtis is is staying at middleweight. Because, I mean, he was taking these middleweight fights on short notice, so he didn't have to cut. But now he's, you know, it looks like he's staying at middleweight. I mean, if you if you have success at that weight and you've adjusted to it well, well, you might as well stick yeah. it out. And then, you know, who, you know, if he loses this one, he can easily go back to welterweight. welterweight. I mean, Duplessis is, is very talented and a big middleweight. So I think this is going to be a really yeah. good test for Curtis to see if he's if he can really hang at middleweight. So, uh Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. UFC Fight Night, April 16th. We've got a main event. Vicente Luque against Bilal Muhammad. 
I mean, that's a yeah, that's a big that's a big fight. So that just lends more credence to the fact that they are actually going to give Leon Edwards a title fight. You know, we keep, we keep saying, yeah. well, you know, Dana says it's a hundred percent, but you know, with Leon Edwards, you never know, you never know. But I mean, this just lends more credence to the fact that you know, there's nobody else for Usman with everybody else being booked except Edwards. So uh, also on that yeah. show, you got Uriah Hall against Andre Muniz. Very interesting middleweight fight. Middleweight fight. So that means that the Uriah Hall Darren Till matchup isn't happening. I don't think Till's ready to quite come back yet after his after his ACL injury. Uh, April twenty third, UFC Fight Night. Uh, the fight was already announced, but it was moved to the headline spot. Like I mentioned earlier, Jessica and Trods against Amanda Lemos. I mean, they probably just didn't have anything else for that for that show, and and I mean, I mean, Andre, I, uh, the two fights you got here, I mean, are as big as that, like Pedro I mean, and Villanueva hey, or I Bozer mean, and Nascimento. I mean, Andrade is a former champion, and she's fought she fought a lot of high profile fights. True, and, and uh, Limos is yeah. a, she's moving down to strawweight, and and Limos is one she's won five in a row five in a row has looked good has looked good I mean coming off that win over Angela Hill you know she's it's probably a title eliminator fight to be honest a straw weight you know oh. or, or a fight that where if Limos wins she could easily fight the the uh, Rose and Carla winner so I mean yeah it's kind of you know when you kind of look at that I mean, it's not a huge matchup, yeah. and it'll probably it'll probably be an apex show since they're still going to do shows from there. So it's not like it's going to have to sell tickets or anything. So, um, all right. So uh, yeah, you also got Tyson Pedro and Ike Villanueva and Tanner Bozer and Rodrigo Nascimento, and also Sue Derji against Manel Cop on that show. That's a nice fight. That's a nice fight. And then uh, last one I want to highlight, UFC Fight Night, May 21st, uh, Chase Hooper is back against Felipe Colares. Hey, he better win that. Uh, and Loopy. Loopy's fighting. She's got like yeah. May 7th. Wow, that's like, you, you, she could fight like four times between now and then, but um, as of now, that's her next fight. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll probably see her before then the way things go. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just uh, if, if you're interested in checking out some non-UFC action, there's three shows on uh, UFC Fight Pass this week. LFA, which always good shows on um, on Friday. And uh, and then we got two shows on Sunday, FAC 12 and Fury FC 56. Yeah. Uh, the, so you- the FAC 12 show, uh, Dana White's going to be there. So probably... You know, oh. it's, they're filming for looking for a fight, looking for a fighter, looking for a fight. And then, yeah. you know, just and and proud. And and, you know, if you're if you're somebody who watches, you know, contender series, like a lot of these guys that are going to be fighting on these shows, these shows are probably people who, you, you know, guys who win, probably people you might see on the contender series coming up this summer, this summer. So, you know, get a little bit of. A little bit of knowledge with them, you know, if you're looking to watch some fights, you know, on Friday or Sunday, you know, if you want more MMA action. 
There's uh it's funny they've they've actually got it subtitled as FAC12 looking for a fight. Yeah. So that I mean there's no bones about what this show is. Um actually the one of the guys in the main event uh I've I've seen uh TJ Britton. Um I, I you know he's been in Bellator and uh, LFA in the past. So And you got um you got a fight with Ed, Eduardo Dantas and uh Jose Alday on that on that show too. Yeah, that's a big that's a couple, yeah. Jose uh, Jose Alde is former combate fighter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah long time. And I think he's been on combate. Uh, and I think he's been on the contender series before too. So, yeah, and uh, of course Dantes is a longtime vet of Bellator. Um, yeah, mainly Bellator. Um, so yeah, uh, and yeah, it's worth worth checking out. And then yeah. the Alfa shows are always great. Yeah, and the um, and the uh, and the Fury shows they're always here in Texas, you know, Houston, San Antonio era area. But they get a lot of former UFC guys and a lot of guys who go to the Contender Series and go to the UFC. I mean, they've had Adrian Yanez, yeah. Mana Martinez, a bunch of them. Juan Adams is on this card, and so is Anthony Ivy. Oh, some cool. Former UFC, former UFC guys. So yeah, this is always good. Right. I mean, I've seen shows lately with them they'd have like uh what's his Teruto Ishihara if you remember him he's been on oh yeah, yeah shows yeah. like he's been on a few of their shows lately a lot of guys who you know who have gotten cut recently from the UFC that's kind of a promotion they they flock to because it's you know it's a promotion they take well, guys from pass. yeah and it's on bypass yeah and it's the promotion they look to reload reload with so you know that's a good destination for them all right, cool. So yeah, lots of uh, lots of MMA this this weekend. No football, so you got all the time in the world to watch it. Uh, or no, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Right, we got a week off of football well, before we. There's a we Pro get, Bowl. Yeah. There's a Pro Bowl, but uh, uh, yeah, that's that's mainly safe. For me, I'm a NASCAR fan, so NASCAR is getting started this this upcoming weekend. Yeah, Daytona, right? Well, no, no, they're doing Daytona. They're doing the. Uh, so they're doing their they do an all star race at all star at the yeah. start of the year called the Bush Clash, but they're doing it at the L A yeah. Coliseum this year, which they built. Oh wow! They took the football field off and built a makeshift track in there. It's like it's like uh, you know a quarter mile oval track oval track, and it's you got that whole L A Coliseum around it and just you know i'm i might send you a picture i'm going to send you a picture that sounds cool. of, of how it looks but yeah. but yeah it's going to be on fox on sunday so that'll be fun to watch and then of course we got the uh the Bengals and the 49ers in the super bowl i'm joking it's the rams even though i thought it was the 49ers <laughs> i swear to god i thought the 49ers won until like uh i don't know like maybe noon today because i put a bet on the on on the 49ers but i just i had the points and then i won my bet and i didn't even bother to check the score (laughs) but the last time i watched it was like 17-7 you know with like a couple minutes left in the third quarter and i thought oh yeah you know the 49ers got this wrapped up and and then i just watched something else and yeah Guess they blew it. Interesting. It's an interesting Super Bowl. I like Joe Burrow. Yeah. And as and as a diehard Packers fan, I'm really happy for Matt Stafford making a Super Bowl because mm-hmm. because he he is such a good quarterback and he played on so many bad teams in Detroit. And yeah, he didn't Lions for yeah. years. Yeah. And he didn't deserve. Um, he he deserved better than that. And my other podcast uh, partner, uh, obviously, uh, Jeff Hawkins is, you know, a big Bengals fan. And uh, he got to go, he got to go to two playoff games, uh, including the one this past weekend. And he's basically like, 
you know, like he's mortgaging his house to get a Super Bowl ticket, um, you know, and and because he lives in L.A. and that's where the Super Bowl is. And, you know, when's the next time the Bengals are going to be in the Super Bowl? So uh, he's going. He, he said, you know, whatever, like whatever it takes, he's doing it. Um, so good. Good for him. Uh, I'm happy for for Jeff. Yeah. Um, and hopefully they win. You know, I don't. I don't really have a vested interest either way, but, uh, you know, the Rams winning in LA would be awesome too, right? That could be two years in a row that the home team won a Super Bowl, which I don't know if that's ever happened. (laughs) And it's funny too, because the Rams are technically the way the, the way the games work, the Rams are technically I know they're the, 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 the away the team, team, right? And they, well, the funny thing is the funny thing is now everybody, all the away teams that come play at SoFi Stadium complain about the the away team's locker room, how it's really bad. And now the Rams have <laughs> to feel that. It. The Rams get it. They have to feel what it's like. What it's like. Apparently, it's. I mean, you'd have to see pictures of it, but apparently, it. I mean, there's high school locker rooms that put it to shame. We'll put it to you that way. Wow. Well, maybe they'll fix it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the Super Bowl in uh, two weeks, and we'll have a UFC to cover. We'll go over next week. Probably talk a little bit about the Super Bowl, and we'll talk about this week's show. So, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, we don't do our bets picks anymore. But uh, last time, I'm going to say bet put some money on Sexy Mexi. He's a he's an underdog and live dog on this card. So, anything you want to add before we wrap this baby up? Uh, no, I'm not giving any betting tips at all at all anymore. Fair enough. I'm, Fair you enough. know. I don't want to lose I, I, I don't want to lose any listeners any mo- any money. I feel guilty, you know, uh, feel gu- guilty about it. <laughs> we'll uh we'll let you we'll maybe give you some tips if we get any pro wrestling things that you can bet on on uh on this. I could, I guess I could have told people last week uh when we recorded to bet on Ronda, but I didn't want the odds to get worse. Um, so yeah, so we'll wrap this up. Uh, you can, you know, check out our, uh, our stuff. Ryan will have his, uh, preview up uh, later this week. I'll have my ratings column, both on fight game media. Uh, you can check out Ryan's coverage of, um, of UFC of last week's UFC and the observer that dropped this past weekend. Uh, you got some rave reviews for that, uh, bit you did on, uh, Francis Ngannou. Um, it's kind of the same stuff we talked about, um, last week, but you, um, you kind of went into a little bit more detail in your write up, which, uh, I appreciate and uh um yeah and then of course um uh i have the dynamite show on wednesday and uh the grandpa dead show i got uh an episode i did with jeremy finestone is gonna drop tomorrow and then i'm working on a special guest for my birthday we'll see if it happens i don't want to jinx it by announcing it but uh we'll see if it happens um so ryan uh take us home as you always do all right i hope everybody enjoyed the show tonight uh enjoy the fights this weekend and have a great week later